2: Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today.
1: The latest tips and equipment to improve your game. The latest from the leaderboards and your favorite courses. (laughs) This is golf in the Northwest, an action-packed hour about everything golf. Brought to you on the fan by Laurel Hearst Market. More than just your family neighborhood steakhouse. Now with award-winning PGA professional Harold Bluestein. here's your host, Jason Swigard. Well, fine. Good morning. I hope everybody is uh, safe, keeping not only yourself safe, but those around you safe as we are uh, exactly, well, almost exactly one month into this uh, shutdown. Uh, day zero was, uh, I'm, I'm going with March 13th, which was the night the NBA canceled the season. Uh, As far as our little world of sports, that's when uh, everything started going. I had just gotten back from Las Vegas uh, from the WCC tournament and uh, the University of Portland women had clinched and were thinking about going to the NCAA tournament. And 24 hours later, uh, the sports world uh, as well as much of our worlds came to a crashing halt.
2: Yeah, I would agree, and I was – Thinking the other day, Gee, when did this all start? And you're right; it's it was for the month. NBA.
1: Feels like a year.
2: Yeah, it really does. It's it's kind of dragged on. Uh, it's I've run out of things to do at my house. Uh, if I have oh, another, we just
1: break some more things.
2: Yeah, I had a water line break. I
1: had a garage door break last weekend.
2: Yeah, that keeps us busy. So, know, it's all very timely for yeah. us, and it kind of uh, gives us something to do.
1: Well, and that's the thing. Obviously, the weather is getting better and show the golf courses that remain open here in the state of Oregon uh, are uh, are filling up those tee times and show uh, good for the industry. There is some concerns uh, with the people coming out, maybe some people that haven't played golf in a long time. I got to do something. I'm going stir crazy in my house. So uh, we do have Liz Doyle. She is the uh, president of the Oregon Golf Course Owners Association and the director of marketing down at Diamond Woods Golf Course uh, in Monroe, Oregon. She's going to join us uh, here at 815. Uh, She can help uh, people get an idea of, you know, you need to do a little bit more prep before you go out. You need to be prepared for what you're going to deal with once you get out there. So once you get your mind in the right spot as it's not, you know, you're know, you going out to play golf, and that's pretty much all you're going to do. If you're going out for a socialization sort of thing, you need to dial it back just a touch. Yeah,
2: and they are taking a lot of precautions yeah. at golf courses. And they're uh, being watched closely. Yeah, they they really are because uh, we battle the perception of, of the golf industry all the time uh, as an elitist sport uh, when, in fact, it is not uh, over 85% of all golfers are play a public golf courses. So uh, there's a lot of people out there playing golf who, who don't have uh, million dollar incomes. Uh, and so if we look at it as a safe place to play, but you really have to take precautions. You have to eliminate these touch points. And the problem we have is that we have, there there are a number of idiots running around in this world, I've lost faith in humanity.
1: Oh, don't don't go there yet.
2: Well, it it just keeps dipping down. All I have to do is walk through a Walmart, and (laughs) and, uh, I'm at the bottom. But uh, there are people out there, uh, regardless of demographics, who don't take this thing seriously because it hasn't hit us as hard in the Northwest uh, in the Portland, Vancouver area as it has in Seattle or in New York.
1: Well, and the reason it hasn't is because there's fortunately been enough people who took it seriously and started to put implement uh, procedures in place so it doesn't completely bring us to the halt the way it has in other parts of the country.
2: Absolutely. Uh, New York is really suffering, as we all know, and I have family and friends in New York, uh, and, and we we got back from there uh just as this, it was the 10th of March. We got out pretty quick and I'm, I'm really grateful we did. Um, but Liz Doyle will fill us in on, on how this impacts, uh, the owners of golf courses and, and how this puts them in a difficult position. We had, uh, Dave Phipps on last week who, uh, He addressed the impact to the golf courses courses themselves,
1: themselves. and uh, I thought I saw something on, on the Twitter feed there from the Golf Course Superintendents Association of America. I believe they now have all 50 states have some sort of procedure mechanism for the superintendents to have minimal maintenance of the golf courses even in states where they have closed down play
2: yeah that's absolutely right they uh they got on top of this very quickly because they were going to be allowed to maintain their golf courses but uh, they were under some scrutiny and they had to come up with some guidelines i'm curious whether the national uh, golf course owners have communicated as well liz may have an idea yeah on we'll that.
1: see how much she's in touch with the other um other representatives, the other directors uh, from the other state organizations. And obviously in touch, there is a national uh, organization, uh, association as well. So what information they're getting uh, from that. Our good buddy, Jeff Sanders, president of Lagoon Air Sports Golf. Uh, you know him as the man out at the Winco Foods. Uh, Portland Open presented by Kraft Heinz. Uh, we'll see what's going on with the Corn Ferry Tour. We have heard about the postponements and the rescheduling of the big, big events like the Masters, which is supposed to be going on this weekend. Uh, the U.S. Open, those sorts of things pushing towards the fall. But how's that going to affect what's going on on the Corn Ferry Tour? We would normally be into uh the finals there, where guys are fighting for those last twenty-five tour cards. Uh, he also operates the Safeway Open, which is one of the first tournaments of the new uh, season for mm-hmm. the PGA Tour that normally goes in October. Uh, and then in uh, January, uh, his tournament down there in uh, Palm Desert, uh, which is now the American Express. How is that? How are we already looking in 2021 with everything? So we'll talk to him as well as the impact it has. All of these tournaments are nonprofits and and they're there to function as much fun as we have as great as it is to see the amazing golf being played at whatever level of professionals uh... they generate millions of dollars for local charities and the local economies and when those things are not going on it's got a big impact
2: huge impact and we don't realize that uh... there's a ripple effect when a tournament leaves town uh... jeff will fill us in on what that that ripple effect is Uh, you and i are on top of of watching the scheduling issues and mm-hmm. and we're very sure that the that the commissioners of all of these tours are you know in daily conference calls trying to figure this thing out except for the fact that my impression is that they've taken the tournament's are like a deck of cards. They've thrown it up in the air, and wherever everything lands, they go, oh, that looks good. Uh, why don't we try that? And that definitely is going to have an impact on those smaller tournaments like the ones Jeff runs.
1: Yeah, uh, it'll have a big impact there and more for the Corn Ferry Tour. It's one thing for the you know the U.S. Open or the Masters, and so many of the participants in those have the means to charter private jets and get vacation rentals and whatever right but on the corn ferry tour so many guys who are trying to establish themselves professionally don't yet have the means and if they try and reschedule things and you're all over the countryside you know how do you put it together in any way that makes sense plus you know the the other piece of it is is things got to be played in a certain order because oh but they've
2: thrown that order out if you look at it i mean the british open is not going to be played that's this year.
1: Cancelled. That's more of a, um, a geography piece because there's such a limited window of daylight and weather in that part of the world that would allow them to play it. If you get past August, there's no way you can pull it off.
2: Yeah, uh, that's exactly right because they can't. They can't run from. Go to from the U.S. over to Europe yeah. and then back in time. Well, and to- you
1: can't. I, I 156 uh, people qualify for that, and the way that the British Open tradition, everybody plays one through 18. They don't do split tees, none of that. And It's because it's daylight at 4:30 in the morning until nine o'clock at night. You have enough daylight to do it up there, but. Once it uh, starts going the other way, there's no way you can pull it off.
2: No, they're just going to push it back. It was 149th. Yep,
1: 149th. I think they want to keep it at Royal St. George's next year. They definitely
2: are, and then the year after, it'll go back to St. Andrews. Uh, It's unfortunate because of all the majors, and I I shouldn't say this about the the PGA uh, because I'm a PGA member. Uh, It's not my favorite. Uh, I enjoy watching all the majors, but the British Open is really my favorite because of the historical significance impact this has on golf. And not only that, I enjoy watching um, the tour players play under the same crummy conditions that we have to play (laughs) all winter long. So, you know, it, I love when the weather becomes a factor, not just a golf course. You can trick up a golf course and it becomes a factor. I'm not a big fan of that. But when the weather, which is something you can't uh, predict or have control over, affects the players, then they have to adjust. I just love that dynamic.
1: Well, and the one course that uh, very rarely has to be tricked up is Augusta National. This would be Masters weekend, and while we should be discussing Tommy Fleetwood or Tony Finau with a two-shot lead going into the weekend, and can they break through and get their first major and hold off Tiger and Phil and Rory and Mm -hmm. whoever who's trying to make a charge and Jim Nance on Hello Friends and Azaleas uh, were left. The one nice thing the Masters is doing this week through ESPN and today and tomorrow on CBS, they're replaying some of the final rounds of – some of the more memorable ones i got sucked in last night i watched from start to finish once i got home it was the 05 yeah which was tigers fourth mhm uh the ridiculous chip shot on 16, which between him and Larry Mize go down as the greatest chip shots in Masters history, at least my history. Maybe there's something in the Arnold Palmer back and white days that, that I don't remember.
2: Well, in the Masters history, you're absolutely right. You know, you've got Tom Watson, uh, beating Pebble. Jack Nicklaus at Pebble, one of those, that famous, uh, U S open, but, uh, you're right. And I, th- I think the Larry Mize, I don't, were you out of diapers when that happened? No, no,
1: no. That was, I was well out of diapers. Oh, all right. Yeah, it was 80, what, 87? Yeah? Yeah. Okay. I was in school.
2: Yeah, what, what grade were you First in? First or second grade. Yeah, there. So you remember it as if it happened just yesterday? Yeah. I was
1: <laughs> minus one year.
2: <laughs> and you're still minus a year. Now you're minus yeah. more years.
1: But the thing, <laughs> it's funny, though, as as grade one uh, they did have weather affect that because the first and second rounds did not get completed. Right. So on Sunday, uh, Tiger was paired with Chris DeMarco. Uh, they started, they had to play 27. DeMarco had, I think a three shot lead in the middle of the third round when they started Tiger quickly caught him. Uh, but that coming down the stretch, it went to a playoff. Uh, DeMarco's the only uh, person to take Tiger to a, to a playoff. Uh, or had at that point in in a major.
2: Can you imagine how that would have changed his,
1: his That's career? That's what got me. I went and looked. Uh, I, yeah, Chris DeMarco. There was a three, four, five-year stretch. It took him 10 years from the time he, he became a pro to win his first PGA Tour. He's back and forth between, I think then it was the Nike Tour, mm-hmm. uh, what's now the Corn Ferry Tour, back and forth, coming out of uh, Florida in 1990, but he finally broke through uh, in 2000. He only won three tournaments, but he was lost in a playoff there. Tiger beat him by two strokes at Hoylake in 2006. He finished second at the British that year. He also lost. He finished tied for second in a playoff in 2005 at the PGA, lost in a three-way playoff to Vijay Singh. This was a guy, he was on President's Cups. He was on Ryder Cups for a four-year stretch. Had he broken through and got one of those, how different would we remember? It's like, Christopher. You watched him play, and if any one of uh, half a dozen putts that burned the edge in that final round go in, he wins it in regulation. Had Tiger's chip on 16, which we all remember, uh, stayed hanging on the lip. DeMarco beats Tiger by a stroke at the end. It was, and you can go on masters.com and check it out. Um, I think the replay's still up if you want to watch it, but I was sucked in, and it's, and I think about how many guys like that tiger kept from having an opportunity to be more remembered.
2: Yeah. It's amazing that, uh, I'm going to have to go back and watch it because you got sucked into that. I got sucked into reruns of South park. <laughs> so we, we all have our, <laughs> we all have, have uh, those things that kind of attract yeah. our attention. But, uh, Which since, did you watch? <laughs> I, we, I'll I'll get into that later. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so, so yeah, um I know I'm just looking at the clock now. We got uh, Liz Doyle. I want to get her plenty of time. So we may pick this up later on in the show, too, uh, around 8.45. uh, And we'll see. Harold might have a tip for you if uh, you're stuck in your backyard trying to work on something, can't get out to a golf course uh, for whatever reason, or you're up in uh, Clark County in Washington where everything shut down, uh, some things to work on to keep your game sharp. So that's coming up. But Liz Doyle Jones, uh, she is the president of the Oregon Golf Course uh, Owners Association down there at uh, Diamond Woods Golf club she joins us next here golf in the northwest on 1080 the fan 817 here on this saturday morning jason Swigard, harold Bluestein, with you Uh, our good buddy jeff sanders uh, president of lagadier sports golf uh, will join us uh coming up in a little bit but we are very pleased uh, right now to have uh, joining us the president of the oregon golf course owners association the marketing director of diamond woods golf course and a very proud oregon state beaver that means a lot in my family. Thanks so much, uh, Liz Doyle, joining us on the line. Good morning, Liz. How are you?
0: Good morning. It means
1: a ton in my family as well. Oh Go yes. Beavs. Go beeves. I know. Well, and we're. Still- I
2: I mourn for both of you.
1: Hey, 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 hey. <laughs> hey. We won't let Harold talk as much as he likes. Isn't so. that an right. ag
2: school? <laughs> <laughs>
0: Proudly land grant. Net. That's right,
1: uh, Liz. Uh, joining us down there, uh, marketing director uh, Diamond Woods Golf Course is down in Monroe, and you've also been serving for the last seven plus years as the president of the Oregon Golf Course uh, Golf Course Owners Association and uh, part of the Oregon Golf Alliance. And in you know, we've talked a lot about the golf courses themselves being open, but from an owner proprietor standpoint, how has this last month? kind of gone in terms of one realizing what we're all dealing with and then two trying to figure out a path once it was determined golf courses could stay open if they wished, uh, to kind of reorganizing the business standpoint to keep things running as efficiently as possible.
0: Wow. You know, the first thing to answer to that, um, how thankful we are to Kate Brown for her vision to understand the dynamics and uniqueness of the sport of golf. You know, we are as a business, obviously we've had to lay off people and that has just been heartbreaking, but also because there's two good fold things for golf courses right now, it's the, it's still our off season. We usually don't get sun in April. We usually are, Hook, hook, crossing our fingers to get sun in May. So that dynamic of the weather working this way has caused an amazing crazy surge for the need to get out. But we were all very, very concerned about our social distancing. Every single one of us on the golf course, at the golf course owners. I am immune compromised. So we're all very cautious and the fact that we were able to easily take the precautions we needed to do it was a thrill for us to be able to be open and by being open right now the irony is people are coming out not only thrilled but coming out with their sanitary things self-correcting each other make sure you're this far away make sure you do this they are not what do I want to say? They're very thankful for the freedom that they have, that they can be outside. So, and and, and again, there are so many people even in coming out that are very, very, everybody is cautious. And it's just bottom line been an amazing opportunity on that end. From a business standpoint, absolutely. Having to let people lay off, number two, just from knowing that we are at least providing some respite for some people as well.
2: I've been disappointed, uh, Liz, that uh, parks are closed and there's certain situations where being outside and, and practicing social distancing is is really quite a safe environment. Uh, for us in Washington, I'm a professional in Washington, uh, our golf courses are, are shut down. Um, can you take us uh, through the process of how, uh, Oregon was fortunate enough to provide a safe environment uh, through uh, in golf courses, but that, that process with the, with the governor? Well, I think one
0: thing is an alliance golf alliance and was very, very important. We have a very strong golf alliance in the state of Oregon. And for those that don't know what a golf, our golf alliance is, but it, we're made up of the executive directors and presidents of the golf course superintendents, the golf course club managers, the golf course associate, Oregon Golf Association, the PGA, and us as owners and operators. And we've been working together for quite some time to be the one golf voice for Oregon, for the governor, and for uh, Travel Oregon and all the people that want to really be communicating with all the owners and operators. So as a group, we got ahead of the game and sent a letter to Kate Brown stating specifically what, if we were allowed to be open as an open space, exactly the things that we were going to put in place right away. And they were, not only did they align with what Kate had already designed for ahead of time, they were over, over and above and we anticipated the need and we really, I, I think, I can't speak for her, but I think that knowing that we as a group were collaborating together and we were coming in to say, this is what we will promise we will do if we are allowed to be open to the public for golf if they choose to come.
2: We, uh, struggle with the perception of golf. Uh, mm-hmm. and it's, it's something that, uh, you and I, and and the rest of the members of the association have talked about uh, it's unfortunate, and I mentioned earlier in the show that a uh, little over 85 percent of our players are play at public golf courses, mm-hmm. not at private golf courses. Correct. Uh, so it's unfortunate that we have to deal with that, uh, and we are very fortunate that the governor realized that um, maybe we could provide a safe space. How has um, has as, as president of the owners? Uh, in Oregon, have you communicated at all with the uh, the golf course owners associations from around the country? Yes.
0: Yeah, we were on a phone call uh, just yesterday, and yes, we are communicating. And they're every state's different. Every state's different. As a group of owners and operators from a couple of states, we helped Michigan reopen their golf courses and so Michigan golf courses are now open and again Harold you make a, an excellent point the people people I can totally understand their concern and their lack of us doing things and I again I'm going back to what you said the fact that as a runner social you can't go in the forest right now is just really hard because it's hard to explain why people can't go into public lands to walk around when that's social distancing at its best. So that coming back to say that's been an issue in Michigan for them being able to reopen. It's been an issue to be able to come and do this. But as we talk as associations from around the United States, the general consensus by everybody is we are practicing social distancing. The game is inherent for that. And it's just, uh, it's hard to explain. A lot of people don't really understand the game of golf and how people come out to be by themselves and get done at the end and enjoy their time together when they're finished. But we don't do that anymore.
1: Liz Doyle, our guest president of the Oregon Golf Course Owners <laughs> Association uh, down at Diamond Woods uh, Golf Course in Monroe. Uh, in your discussions with the other organizations, the national organization, have you gotten any sense uh, from from those internal discussions what um, kind of the, the time frame forecast is, how long people are planning to be either in their current states or um, – coming out or further restrictions at this point?
0: You know, no, the answer, bottom line, no. I don't know that any of us know. And I also know that it is state by state per governor. And um, there are, you know, it is. Uh, that's basically the bottom line to your answer to your question. When we're on the phone, everybody chimes in to say, my governor says this, my governor says that. And there is no timeline. I think that... Obviously, our numbers are nothing like they normally are. I think that's something that's really important to understand. We're just thankful to be open. I think the challenge is how long are we going to be in a closed or abbreviated open is going to have a huge effect. It has a huge effect on a lot of different areas, golf outings, golf tournaments. We've run more fundraising golf tournaments. That is our that really is our bread and butter for us. We love to host nonprofit golf tournaments to help them raise money for their groupings. And it, it's something we do, we pride ourselves in, and we can't do that this year. And our nonprofits are in such dire need of a revenue stream right now.
1: No question. No question. Liz Doyle, thank you uh, so much for taking some time for us. Uh, Hopefully, uh, the people that are coming out and taking advantage uh, can do so responsibly so uh, the golf courses can continue to operate in this fashion here uh, and ride this thing out. Thank you so much, and uh, best to uh, you and yours.
0: And thank you guys both so much for having me.
1: You bet, Liz Doyle, president of the Golf Course Owners Association of Oregon, director of marketing at Diamond Woods Golf Course uh, down in Monroe. And as she mentioned, that's something we're going to talk about with Jeff Sanders here next. Uh, You know, whether it's a big professional tournament like the Winco, whether it's just uh, your local, uh, you know, fundraising tournament or a client appreciation event, those those things aren't going to happen. Golf courses are strictly open as a form of outdoor exercise that can be executed with proper social distancing so people don't go absolutely stir crazy. But outside of that, all the other traditional things we think of when we think about golf and golf courses, uh, still not available.
2: Well, I'm glad Liz brought that up and I hadn't been thinking in that direction, but, uh, she's absolutely right. Uh, All of these nonprofits and and, and up at Tri Mountain and every golf course I've ever worked at, you have these events weekly and they're they're booked out uh, a year or so in advance and they rely on that money to support their charity. And when they don't happen, uh, they have to find other sources of income. And right now, that's a a real challenge.
1: That's a tough challenge as well. So thanks so much uh, to Liz for joining us. Jeff Sanders, our buddy, president at Sports Golf, joins us next. We make the turn. It's Golf in the Northwest on 1080 The Fan. 8.32 here this morning on this Saturday. Center and Saint will follow us at 9 o'clock. And then uh, OSN Classics, it'll be uh, from this past college basketball season, uh, the Oregon women's team uh their victory over that team usa squad uh that'll be reprised for you at 11 o'clock on sunday oh that'll be on sunday oh we've got football today that's right the 2014 pac-12 championship game against arizona and then uh, Sunday at 1, the Seahawks replay will be the uh, Seahawks' uh, first ever road playoff victory, 1983 AFC Divisional Playoff at Miami. Okay, I, I hate I hate to do this. It's actually the 06 NFC title. <laughs> it. No, it's not, because I loaded it in. <laughs> well, then I uh, have something to change, because uh oh. the boss man told me different. What a
2: well-oiled machine we nice. we demonstrate here.
1: Listen to swag, not me. <laughs> oh, well, uh, we're trying to reach out to our buddy, Jeff Sanders, who I talked to yesterday and said, yeah, I'll, uh, come right on. So, uh, Will's going to keep trying him as, uh, we try and get an idea of what this, uh, revamped schedule, uh, we know about the big ones, the masters looking at November, the PGA championship, uh, August, the U S open in September. They're trying to keep the riders, uh, Ryder cup in the same spot. Um, for September and then some fill in some of the other tournaments on the PGA tour around it. But what does it mean for a corn ferry tour? Uh, we heard from Liz there as well, talking about, um, you know, these um, uh, just the, the local charity tournaments uh, mm-hmm. to raise money for this, that, and the other thing. Um, but this is going to be all of the charitable money that's raised, whether it's a big professional tournament, we hear about the millions of dollars that get dumped into local economies and charities at the PGA Tour level, the LPGA, uh, the Corn Ferry Tour, as well as just the small things that are raising money for a local charity. Think about how many you play in uh, in a month or in a, over the course of a summer, just three or four mm-hmm. over the course of a summer, and all that money right now is not being funneled to those organizations that that so desperately count on it.
2: Well, they've actually, uh, for all intents and purposes, have dried up, and it's uh, it's unfortunate that that's happened. Um, we we're missing the Masters this week, and that's a, that's huge to that community of Augusta. Uh, I was reading an article about how it affects the restaurants and and such. They will do in in a week. They will do like two months worth of business, and so they are. They get. They think of in terms of well, we a fiscal year is is uh, twelve months. We get thirteen or 13, fourteen months out of it. So it's a huge boost to their economy. They're fortunate because they're going to be able to run that tournament in November, albeit uh, quite different. Uh, we won't have azaleas. We'll have some other plant. Uh, so yeah. whatever plants those are, they're all honeysuckle to me. Uh, but they, uh, it'll be very different. I think when I look at the masters, uh, I think of right now, I think of Rory McIlroy, who's looking to, to, uh, complete a slam, yeah. yeah. And, is he better off? Would he have been better off playing now or in November? And I think he would have probably been better off playing now because he's on, he was on a hot streak uh, winning the FedEx cup again and the uh, tour championship. So this has got to be a letdown for him Uh, coming into November Yeah, I'm looking at the schedule here, and I don't remember the Tour Championship is like the end of the year, right? So that's 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 a culmination.
1: Yeah, the week before Labor Day,
2: and now we got the U.S. Open and the Masters
1: after it. Exactly, which
2: is really uh, to my point of just throwing the cards up in the air and seeing where they fall. Uh, It looks like you know this was put together by a 12-year-old, but I'm sure they they actually thought this thing through. Uh, they've had to change the, the uh, playoff schedule a bit, moving it back a week so that the PGA Championship can get in there. So if you look at the schedule from August, the beginning of August, to the beginning of November, uh, you've got three majors in there uh, and the Tour Championship, uh, which is just going to be a crazy time physically, uh, mentally, emotionally for all the players. I don't necessarily feel sorry for them. But uh, it, in the case of Rory McIlroy, who was on a hot streak, this is going to be uh, really tough. Uh, he's young. He's lucky. Yeah. T- Tiger Woods, on the other hand, he needed this rest. And he
1: benefits uh, immensely. He had to, his back was uh, tweaking up again, and there was – discussion concern that if a thing, if it were being played this weekend, if he'd be able to participate in it, he, I, I think sent out a tweet or Instagram or something that he actually got the bag out. He hadn't picked up his clubs, but he picked them up this weekend just to swing it and hit some balls for the first time in a while. So my, he was
2: practicing his putting with his 11 year old son. Yep. Charlie. Charlie. So they, and they were having competitions. Uh, Whoever won the competition got to wear the green jacket. So, you 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 can keep the the green jacket for a year, but and when you come back to defend, you have to give back the jacket, or yeah. at least they put it in a closet waiting for you. Uh, he gets to keep it for a couple more months, and Charlie's been wearing it. So uh, I don't know. I have had eleven-year-old boys, and there's no there's no way I'd let them wear any of my clothing, let alone a master's green jacket.
1: Uh, still in search of uh, Jeff Sanders. We'll maybe try him one more time in the break. Uh, see if we can have him join us. If not, we'll uh, we'll get him uh, down the road for certain as uh, the Corn Ferry Tour uh, certainly have to juggling things on their behalf, but I think they're going to wait until they know the PGA Tour is coming back. Uh, We talked about the re-jumbled schedule. If they can get it going again, it would be the PGA Championship in August uh, to get things going. Then you'd have the Wyndham Championship, the Northern Trust, and the BMW Championship Uh, The Northern Trust and BMW would be FedEx Cup events and then the Tour Championship for the uh, first week of September, finishing on Labor Day, followed by the U.S. Open, followed by the Ryder Cup. And then uh, the Masters would be November 9th through the 15th down there at Augusta. Then you would see between the Ryder Cup and Augusta, the question would be how many uh, big events. Uh, that were skipped over the summer, would they try and put in there? Would they try and put the Players' Championship in there, some other things? Or would they just start uh, with the regular fall swing of events, uh, which includes the Greenbrier, the Houston Open, the Safeway Open down in Nampa, which is another event Jeff Sanders' group runs? Uh, That all remains to be determined. But in the meantime, uh, it doesn't look like anything is close to being ready to go until we're seeing events now postponed and canceled out into July. Wimbledon uh, canceled their championships into July locally. We've seen 4th of July events at Fort Vancouver now be canceled. So, the the rolling calendar is now mid halfway into the summer, July 4th weekend, and there's no more answers than there were when this started.
2: Well, and, and if you look at that schedule where you were mentioning, there's about three events they could sneak in there between the Ryder Cup and the Masters. They, and they'd be starting their wraparound season. They'd be starting the new season before they completed the Masters, which is really interesting. I was looking at um, – you know, qualifying for these events is is a process. The Masters have said that uh, anyone who qualified for this year will is automatically qualified into November. I don't know how they'll expand the field to include more players as we go through the through the year here. If the season, in fact, gets started, but uh, I think they're looking at a larger field than they've had in the past. Um, they were. At the lowest, I think they've ever been is about ninety players. Um, they're going to be up there at about um, 110, 115 probably uh, as as more players qualify. Um, I think this helps the Ryder Cup as far as um, qualifying. Um, the, but the whole issue is is are they, are we going back? as <laughs> the I know they're having to to prepare for the possibility of starting. But in your estimation, um, May 21st at uh, the Charles Schwab Challenge, is that too early?
1: I don't know. You know, if you wanted to do a skeleton crew to get something on television for people to distract themselves with, that's a possibility. But I think, and that's one of the reasons we wanted to talk to Jeff, was what would a skeleton crew look like just to hold the event for – the, the players themselves, and to have something that's on TV, how many volunteers, how many people at the golf courses do you need to be employed to get a course that's playable at their level, all of those sorts of things.
2: Well, I can tell you, though, they, these uh, commissioners have been talking about uh, no fans. Yeah. Yeah. So,
1: there, so you don't have to put up. You don't have to put up the bleachers and, and the grandstands and the hospitality tents. All that.
2: It eliminates a lot of issues with social distancing. Social, uh, a golf tournament and spectator sports are the total opposite of social distancing. So yes. you have a real issue there. You eliminate fans. At least you have uh, the. Uh, you'd have it on television. But I don't understand the dynamics
1: uh, and and the how they would set that up. Um, yep, and you still need all the services that are you going to have caddies? Or are you not? Are you going to let the guys no, that's ride carts? Yeah. Um, are you going to um, – what do you need for official scorers and referees and rules officials and all of those sorts of things? Both the for, travel of the players too. So, and all of those, yeah, yeah. So, you start talking, yeah, you want to do that. So, you got 156, 144 players going somewhere. Right. Um, and if they have spouses or family that travels with them, uh, your caddies, and now you start adding it up and how quickly does it become too much of a mass of people in one general area to essentially yeah. do it. So that's why I don't think we're going to see anything until August.
2: Well, just eliminating the, the, uh, fans is one issue. And then you bring up the other, uh, every state in the union has, uh, Tour players represented on, uh, and playing and 30 countries. Yep. So you're, you're dealing with a, a travel issue of, uh, coming and going. Uh, and that's the problem with the, uh, um, with the bringing the virus or moving the virus yeah. around and keeping it alive what are you watching the
1: masters in 1990 yeah they're reshowing some classics here some classic stuff I believe this was Ray Floyd's uh masters
2: let's count how many mullets are in the in the <laughs> gallery there there
1: is uh, oh. Jose Maria Olathabo. we'll take a break we're trying to see if we can find Jeff Sanders for you if not uh Harold's got some ideas on uh if you are uh quarantined self-isolating uh, golf courses aren't open near you you don't want to venture out maybe be some things you can work on in, in your backyard, in your basement, whatever uh, to keep yourself sharp when the time comes. And his list of comes. top five South Park episodes. Uh, we might do that too <laughs> as uh, we continue on here. It's Golf in the Northwest on 1080 The Fan. Which new driver is best for your game? Who makes the best golf gear? Where should you take your next golf vacation? Which local course should you get to know better? This is the business of golf every week on Golf in the Northwest on 1080 The Fan. 8.46 here. Can't find Sanders. We'll hunt him down next week. That's cool. He, well, you know, he's a busy guy. He is. He still finds a way to be busy, even though he can't do anything.
2: I can't imagine that we're not a priority in his life.
1: I don't know. He picked up and answered. I called him yesterday. Uh, we're still efforting to uh, get Vincent Johnson to join us uh, from the uh, Portland City Courses. Um We've been communicating, but um, it is a uh, Portland Parks Bureau. He's got to work through his bureaucracy um, so that he knows what message they want, and we've we've indicated as such. There's uh, it, and there's, look, we're getting. I've even getting something on the uh, on the uh, text line this morning about somebody wondering what courses are open, and people are concerned that people shouldn't be gathering. Mm -hmm. Um, and as you've mentioned, maybe some misunderstanding about what's really going on out at those golf courses. And that's why we are keeping this show going, trying to understand one, if you are going to go out and take advantage of it, please, please, please make sure you go to websites, you call the golf course ahead of time, make sure you understand exactly what's going on. Uh, it's set up. You should be able to book and pay for most of your tee times online. When you get there, um, clubhouses are closed. Uh, you know, food and beverage is basically just take out delivery situations. So there's none of that going on. Uh, some courses have closed. I know stone Creek out in Oregon city is closed. Um, some of the other area courses as well, decided to not to be open. Um, and those are all individual situations that, that the proprietors got to, got to figure out for themselves. We'll see if this starts extending, Uh, further into the summer, if maybe some of those courses decide, you know, hearing from the other operators, how they've been able to do it, that they, uh, found a good system, uh, they would love to be able to keep people employed, you know, as much as we look at the golf industry overall courses, you know, individually, you know, privately owned or whatever it's, yeah, it's a, it's a tight knit family at each golf course and it's painful for the owners and the operators to have to let let people go working, you know, whether it's the part-time guys or the kids running the drink carts or whatever the case may be, everybody's wondering where the next paycheck's coming from. So the ability to to keep that going to some extent, uh, those decisions are heart-wrenching.
2: Oh, they sure are right. and I think uh people may be saying, well, they're just trying to, you know, make money here. And I can tell you, they're not uh, golf courses. Historically, if you if you want to go broke, own a golf own course. A golf course; those uh,
1: margins are as thin as they come. Yeah,
2: it, it, it's pretty bad, and and I've been in the business for forty years, so I know how difficult it is to maintain a budget uh, and to uh, do anything but break even. And when you have a uh, a bump in the road like like this one is, or a major, uh, you know, break uh you're you're gonna lose and it's going to be catch up for a long time um the some of the golf courses are open because they're basically just trying to keep their employees employed uh because it's it's easier to keep them employed than to retrain new people in the future plus you know th- these are we're talking about families here uh not just within the uh the facility itself but but Outside that facility, it affects a lot of people. They're not making money. I guarantee you uh, they're not. Um, Every facility is different. I know a number of courses in uh, the uh, Portland area are closed. Some, logistically, this is uh, very difficult uh, to handle. Uh, You You don't want anyone going into a a pro shop. We've talked to Ted Bishop and and Barb Trammell about this. You don't want any uh, personal contact with people. They have to book online. Um, They have to take care of paying online. Uh, They may have one person as a starter. You're not going to get near that person because they're going to send you out. Yeah. On the golf course and rem- and remind you of the restrictions right. that are uh, in Some place. Some
1: Courses aren't doing golf carts at all. It's all walking. Others are single, you know, everybody right. gets their own golf cart. Uh, it probably depends on the inventory at the at the place.
2: Well, no the and and you know, if you need a golf cart and there aren't any left, guess what? You're walking. Uh, and they're cleaning these carts constantly uh, between play. Uh, not an easy task. And again, they're not making any money on this. Just trying to keep a a couple of people, uh, employed, but you do have golf courses that have decided to close because, um, they feel that the, the threat to, to health is, is greater. Uh, and, and that's just a personal, uh, opinion and a, a choice they make. Some of them are, um. Municipal golf courses, um, private golf courses, make uh, may make a little bit of difference, uh, and and so each facility. You can send out all the guidelines you want, but each facility has to kind of work through the the uh, yeah. logistics of and it. it. And
1: it's incumbent upon those going out to understand. Again, uh, we've seen it. You know, we saw it early on with things. Uh, you know, people started being sent home from work, whether they were told to mm-hmm. work from home or being laid off, that great week of weather in March, everybody flooded the beaches and that forced the governor to say, all right, we got to, we got to force you. You can't do it by yourself. So yeah. uh, that's why we're saying, please be responsible when you go out there uh, to understand there are pl- there's plenty of room on golf courses for people to keep. Uh, social distancing. The only areas that get congregated are the tea boxes and the greens, and they're still big enough. There's plenty of room uh, to everybody go to a separate corner and, and wait your turn. And uh, I think courses are spreading out the tea times uh, a little bit, a few more extra minutes just to allow more people are walking. So they don't have carts and can't go as fast, right? Uh, But not to have backups as well. Well, no, they're
2: actually extending the, uh, the, um, starting time. Yep. So they're, they're moving from, they might have eight to nine minute, uh, tee times. They'll extend it to 10, 12 minutes so that y- you're, you're not on a hole with anyone else. Yeah. And, uh, you know, when you and I play, um, you're still 40 feet away from me on your third pot. So, Hey, 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 Hey. So, uh, and now that's something you won't be able to practice, uh, it's harder to practice indoors, the putting.
1: Yeah, what can you practice indoors? What can you, if you're either just in your backyard, maybe you got a little backyard space, maybe you're in a basement or a big open room. Let's say you have height and ceiling and you can make a full swing somewhere in your house without breaking windows or vases or things. Well,
2: you know, at 5'5", five, five, I can swing with a uh, an 8-foot ceiling. <laughs> you can't. You need 9 or 10 feet. Um, I'm, I'm fortunate and you can go online and, and, uh, search out nets, uh, and practice, um, green, you know, grass, artificial green. Uh, so I have a net in the yard and, and I have a very small yard. Um, it's probably 30 paces from, uh, from our back patio to the, the back uh, fence. So I've got a net back there. Uh, I can hit some, uh, real golf balls into the net. That's not a problem. I have a, um, uh, an orange peel, which is uh, our, our buddy, uh, Burke Nelson's product where it helps you with balance and, and, uh, keeps you from swaying and moving off the ball, uh, unnecessarily. So I will hit balls, uh, standing in that or not. Uh, I will chip. I have a little net that, uh, you know, a little round net that I put at the back fence and I hit uh, little plastic balls off the artificial surface into that. If I, if I hit a real golf ball, it's a good possibility. I'll chunk it through the back fence or send it over the fence into my neighbor's yard. And, um, so that can be a problem. But so I use those plastic balls. You can get go online and find golf balls that they call near ball or whatever, yeah, it, or almost a golf ball that feels like a golf ball, but it just doesn't go very far. You can work on your swing a little bit.
1: Is there a good website? Uh, you know, obviously. Plus, if you are playing, you need to get supplies. So uh, whether it's golf balls, tees, gloves, that sort of thing. Um, where do you like to go? That's, that's, uh,
2: well, I have a buddy, Dane Wyron, uh, and Gary Wyron, uh, a te- uh, long time teaching professional in the PGA. Uh, he has a website and I think it's, uh, just. Type in training aids, and it'll come up uh, with their website. And they've got all kinds of products. And there's an explanation about how you would use each product and how it would assist you. Many of them can be used indoors and many of them outdoors.
1: Uh, We heard from Sanders. He's so sorry. Apologized. He will join us next week. We'll get that hammered out. We're working on some other guests for you as well. So it should be a busy show. If you are headed out, the weather is great this week. Please, please, please. Uh, CALL THE COURSE. Or uh, go online, check out their website, make sure you are aware of all the new procedures, the social distancing you need to take into effect. Uh, we want to see uh, this industry be able to survive this however long it goes. We want you to be able to go out and enjoy a round or nine holes uh, to help take your mind off things. But we all have to uh, be responsible together uh, to keep it alive. Thanks so much. Uh, Center and Saint up next. Thanks to Will, as always, for Harold. I'm Jason. Hit him straight
2: everything was fine i could breathe i just couldn't swallow so i'm sure they had her out beating balls until the 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 cows came out trying to overcome is in
1: europe uh